The story I read actually this morning as I was uh, going through the message again comes out of Colombia. I don't know if you followed what's happened in the country of Colombia for the last 60 years. Can you imagine? I'm 60. As long as I've been alive, there's been conflict in this country because of drug lords. Uh, FARC is the name of one of the groups that have been running drugs, cocaine, for, for decades, 60 years. Many different factions or armed rebellions all over. I read today that they've actually begun to have a peace agreement between all the different rebel factions. First time, imagine, first time in 60 years to have peace. 20 years ago, there were more than 21,000 people that had been kidnapped by rebel groups. And in that country, it's very mountainous, jungle regions. The, the mountains are high, the valleys are really inaccessible, and so if you were kidnapped, they could take you just about anywhere, and you'd probably not be found. And a lot of people were military that were kidnapped, soldiers, policemen, um, kind of uh, in the, the forces. And um, they were losing hope. Some were captured for years, chained to trees. Um, there's lots of different diseases, ticks and lice and all that that are just, sometimes if you're there for years, you think no one's coming. I'm never going home. I'll never see my loved ones. And the military wanted their, all the captives to feel that they aren't forgotten, that they are working towards their release. And so they came up with this very ingenious plan to send a message. And how do you get a message in the jungle, the deep jungle of Colombia? Well, they knew that all the Colombian soldiers were taught Morse code in basic training. So they talked to media consultants. They enlisted a rock star and they wrote a song called Better Days. And they embedded into the song a simple Morse code message. And in the song's bridge, three times in the song, the message was, 19 people rescued, you're next, don't lose hope. So as the bridge went, the words stopped, and this in the song, you can look it up, I listened to it this morning, a message that the captors didn't hear, but the ones that were held in bondage heard, and it gave them hope. And when I look at uh, the Bible, sometimes we, we read through it, we see the scriptures, we get the message, that, the obvious message, but there's often a deeper message that God wants his people to hear, something that he has embedded into the scriptures, the message for you. It's going to be different than the person next to you. There's something he's doing in your life that he wants you to understand, to hear, to get the message that he wants uh, for his people, not just uh, our whole church together, which is what we want, but the producer of this song says there are millions of people who have listened to the song Better Days, and if you know Spanish, listen to it. But that wasn't our goal. He says success for us was to be found in small, specific numbers. It was in the chosen few, hearing it and understanding it. Let me pray. Father God, today, your people have come to hear your message. Not the pastor, the preacher, your message. Because you're the one that brings hope. You are the one that releases the captives and sets people free. You're the one that has the plan for 2023. We have no clue what the next 12 months are going to bring. We had no clue what we would face at the beginning of 2022 or 2021, we just don't know. We can't place our 
faith in the politicians and the governments. We, we place our faith in you to see us through, to give us the words that we need to hold on to, to have hope for the coming days. Father, tell us your message. Let the Spirit decode it for us today, that when we leave this place, we would come again into your presence, knowing you're with us, empowering us, leading us, and guiding us into your will and into your future. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So as I read, follow along, Psalm 89. I'm going to pick some of these verses to speak about today. Psalm 89, verse 1, and I'm going to kind of jump through this psalm a little bit to pick some verses that I want to focus on. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all those around him. O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty like you, O Lord? Your faithfulness surrounds you. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. In your name they rejoice all day long. And in your righteousness they are exalted. For you are the glory of their strength. So I wanted to uh, take the first Sunday of this year to look back and then to look ahead. Uh, Looking back is just a bit of a history of what God has done in the past, and sometimes you can, you can gauge a little bit about where God is taking us by seeing what he's done in the past. You can look at the spiritual markers where he has set out certain times in the life of his people, empowered them, guided them, directed them, blessed them, and it can kind of give you a direction for what's coming in the days ahead. So where did MRAC, because we have a fair number of new people here that don't know the story of Maple Ridge Alliance, so let me just do a quick review. It was born with the original name of Haney Alliance Church, and it was born in the 1950s through the vision of Reverend Peter Wittenberg, as well as the influence of a small women's prayer group. Now, how, how is it that those women's prayer groups just kind of have power and influence and get things going? I'm not sure that amen was loud enough. We need a few more amens. Ready? This church was started in prayer. It was started by faithful people in the 50s who had a vision for what God might want to do in this town. Eventually, the group discerned that they were called to become a local church in Haney, and the group was able to purchase the vacant building at St. Paul's Lutheran Church. Um, who had just built a new facility. So down Dooney Trunk and on the right-hand side, just at the, the cemetery, have a look at that tall white building that looks like a condo fourplex. Used to be a church. Used to be our church. Used to be who we were. They, built it, they bought it for $3,000 with funds coming from the members of the church, 10th Avenue Alliance Church, and the CMA District Office. Combined effort to say, we believe God wants something to happen here, and we want to be a part of it. The New Haney Alliance Church held their first public service on December 18, 1960. Not that long ago. 1960. What is that? How many years ago? So when I was being born, <laughs> actually before, this church was already established, and God had plans. 
The New Haney Alliance Church um, was there on 21, uh, 21390 Dooney Trunk Road, and I often drive in when I do the funerals and go into the cemetery. I look to see the heritage, the very first established place of this church. And every time you look, you drive by that, just say, you know, God's doing something great. That's where we started, and here's where we are now. 1962, Reverend Ernest Kennedy became the new pastor until 65, followed by Bruce Wanup, who served the congregation from 66 to 78. And um, during that time, during his leadership, the church grew, had an opportunity to, uh, to grow larger in a facility, um, what we call the old church, uh, just over here, the chapel. That building was built in uh, 1974. Reverend Angus Cunningham served the church for two years, followed by Robert Waters, who served from 81 to 89. And in 1989, the church changed its name from Haney Alliance to who we are, Maple Ridge Alliance Church. Then 1994, the church decided to build a large new sanctuary where we're sitting that would seat 450. Between 1990 and 99, there was 200 200 recorded conversions and 89 baptisms. From 98 to 2018, 20 years, Greg Dahlman served as lead pastor here. He expanded the ministries, added uh, things like Alpha, Awana, choirs, children's ministries, hometown Christmas, Easter events, and added several core staff, as well as the activity center that we are blessed to have for our use. And after three years with interim pastors, Dr. Tom, me, was called to lead the church into a new vision into the next decade. That's where we are. We're in the next decade. We're into the new, the new year, 2023. It's blank. Pages are empty. God is wanting to write something on those pages for us. So in the past year and a half, just as a review, and I like to kind of, as I say, what have we been up to? What has this church been doing for the last year? Well, we brought Kaylee... Wilson, our ministry director, we brought her up to 30 hours a week and gave her um, extended medical benefits, brought Ron Charbonneau on as our maintenance person. We brought um, Cheryl Irwin as our office administrator. And I just say, God has brought some of the best people that I know to serve in this church. You're very fortunate as a congregation. He also brought, uh, last year we started our annual week of prayer and fasting, and uh, it was something new to the church. We're going to do it next week, uh, not this coming week, but the one after. It's a time to just focus and say, God, we want to start the year with you. We want to be on our knees with you, searching for you, seeking you. We want to serve you. God, show us what you have on your agenda for us. We also added a blue Christmas event this year in the, for the community experiencing loss and grief. Uh, it was a very special, one of the most special services I think I've been in in a long time. We'll, we'll keep it going for sure. Cantonese Good News Church plant. And we've extended the, the Korean, their, their church, Cantonese, their, their church name is Good News Church. And the Korean church is, are called We Are Church. So the Koreans and the Cantonese are both using our facility. We've hosted CMA district missions training events. We've introduced sermon panel discussions. Remember the four weeks of you being up here, talking to one another, encouraging. 
We partnered with city, uh, the city of Maple Ridge as an emergency cold weather shelter for the homeless uh, most recently. We've hosted community Christmas dinners for seniors. We've hosted two Ridge Meadows community worship nights as well. We've also have a thriving children's ministry, youth ministry, women's ministry, ex- excited about the restarting of our men's ministry. We had 60 men at our last event. And we're going to have a... <laughs> We'll be having, uh, it wasn't in the, the notes, but the chili cook-off contest coming up in a few weeks, so we'll be handing out Rolades afterwards <laughs> as well. We have growing home groups, effective divorce care groups, exciting alpha groups that are impacting the lives each week. We, we've hosted dozens of funerals for the community in our church. You may not know about it, but we've even had a couple this last couple of weeks. Uh, people needing a place to come to honor their loved one. And we provide pastors to guide them and help them through that. Often they have no church connection. They say we don't really want God to be in it and going, well, you're in a church. <laughs> and you've asked us to help. So, yeah, we have, to, you know, we have to make sure that we will give a message of hope, that there is more than just this life on earth, that there's something more to come afterwards. We've um, done food dis- distribution Saturday mornings, kid camps, kids' camps, benevolent funds have been used to help numerous dozens of people throughout the year. Your faithfulness and giving has been a blessing, especially at Christmas time when finances are really tight. We've been able to bless a number of families because of your faithfulness, because of your giving and generosity. In uh, ancient Rome, they had this uh, religious myth about a god named Janus. And this is where we get the word January from. And in his depiction, you have um, an old face looking back. It's kind of like it's, the year has come, it's old, but, but the new year is young, looking forward. And there's always the back and forth, looking back and looking forward. And, I, and I've often thought about that in terms of, you know, we need to make sure that we honor the past and we need to move forward. But I, I don't like to always be looking back because some people look back with nostalgia and remember the good old days and all the stuff we used to do and remember when, remember when, we go, yeah, but look ahead. Like you, you can get stuck sometimes in the past and what has happened and, uh, you know, when God did some amazing things. But I, I am fully confident that God is not done, that there's more coming. But we need to be prepared. And that's what our week of prayer and fasting is all about. We, we need to find out what God has on his agenda. And so it's not so much about looking back. I, I see that the past is not just what God used to do or has done. I see it more as a foundation. That we're building upon the foundation of what others are faithful. So 60 some years, there's been a solid foundation of faithfulness. People have been here, they prayed, I don't know how many thousands and millions of hours of prayers have gone on in this church, and how many thousands of lives have been changed because of what's gone on here at MRAC. And God's, you know, he brings people, he invites you to be a part of what he wants to do through this body. He's got plans. And we have some fantastic leaders in place, and our elders and our staff and our ministry leaders that really care about knowing what God's up to, that really do get on their knees, and they do pray for God's, God's revelation to them about what he's wanting to do through us. So we want to continue to do those things that are having a positive impact on our members and our community. And sometimes we face a lot of challenges, um, even figuring out how to manage the emergency shelter. We've faced a number of challenges. 
And we just keep figuring it out, figuring it out, figuring it out. How's it going to work? How can we make it our, our, our um, activity center usable for all people? And so we had an open gym this last week, too, for families that wanted to bring kids. I interrupted some kind of an airsoft game. I got pelted about 40 times. I don't know. I'm like, wait, I'm, I'm white flag. I, I'm not, I don't have, I'm unarmed. But uh, it was fun to see God's people there just enjoying the facilities as well. It's sometimes hard to book a facility when you've got three different churches using this place. But it's, a, it's an astounding joy to me to walk by in the afternoon and hear the Korean church singing. It's an amazing thing to realize that, you know, how many months ago, back in August, our gym was sitting empty every Sunday, and now we have a church of 50, 60 Cantonese people there worshiping God. And it's, it's, God's doing stuff. And uh, sometimes if you show up mostly just on Sunday, you don't come during the week, this is a busy place. And it's not because we like to be busy. It's not because we're trying to, you know, wear down our facilities. It's because we're trying to reach people. We're trying to touch lives. We're trying to bring the truth of God's message into their situations, into their families, and into their marriages. And sometimes when the marriages fail, we're there too to say, let's help you put your life back together. Let's encourage you. Let's if you're grieving the loss, well, let's, let's help you get through that, too, to a safe place. You know, society has changed in the last 50 years. What spoke to people 50 years ago or 20 years ago no longer has the same impact. We try and do Sunday school the way we did it in the 60s, no one will show up. You know, we, we, we need to do things and change things because people think differently. They process information differently. It's a digital age. Oh, remember those overhead transparencies that we have to use in church? And then a fly would come and land on the screen and walk across the screen. The good old days, right? (laughs) Things have changed. The message is the same. There's good news today for people who need to find freedom. Good news for the broken to bring healing. You know, what we do are new initiatives that we're trying to implement. They're aiming at new issues we face in our community. Things that our kids face in the school today, we had no clue about when we were in school. They are facing new challenges that we have to figure it out. How do we equip parents to teach their kids to address the challenges and the temptations that they're facing every day in the classroom? We also want to aim at maximizing the use of our facility for bigger impact in our city. We are not fully utilizing this facility. It's a great facility, but there's more to be done. There's more impact we can have in our community. And I'm praying often for people who will come help us organize events and things that would draw more people from the community into our facility and hear the message of the gospel. Also, that God keeps bringing people to our congregation. And, and I love to interview them and say, what is, tell me your story. I want to hear how God has worked in your life. What is... What are the kind of passions God's put on you to be involved in in ministry? How can you help fill the gaps where we are uh, insufficient in our ministry? How do you come in and help us become the church God wants us to be? You've got gifts. You've got skills. You've got spiritual uh, things that we need. And so I'm constantly saying, okay, God, what are you doing? Why did you bring that family? Why did you bring that person? What do you want to do to, to our church because they are here with us, shaping us and molding us? So I see not so much glory in the, 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 the good old days as I see 
60 years has been a strong foundation from which we can build, and things will come and go. Ministries come and go. Things will come and go, depending on what the needs are in our community and our neighborhoods. There's several new ministry initiatives that have been brought to my attention, and, we're, and often people say, have you ever thought about this? I'm going, no, actually, I haven't. What a great idea. How can we help you do this uh, ministry? Or how, what, maybe let's pray about this and see if God wants us to implement it. It's like creating a mental health support group for our community, offering classes on healthy, cost-effective food preparation for families. Budgets are tight. Hundreds of dollars more every month are being spent because of inflation. How do I cut my, my costs but still have healthy meals for my family? Establishing a respite program for single moms or battered women in our activity center on the weekends. Providing more in-depth theological and doctrinal studies to go deeper in our understanding of who God is and of the Bible and God's ways. We're looking at investigating mission trips for the future. How do we get our teenagers inspired and sent out to help missionaries overseas? Or not just kids, young adults, but how, our, our contractors. We need electricians. We need plumbers. We need IT people. We need construction people to go help do ministry overseas to help missionaries uh, be more effective in where they live. There's so much that we can put together. Psalm 89.1, the very first verse that we read this morning, it says, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. And with my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to who? How many generations is in 65 years? Could be like four generations. Can you look back and see the faithfulness of God through the generations? You think we're right in the middle of those generations. Like there's been hundreds of generations before us. There's going to be hundreds afterwards. And are we, are we recognizing the faithfulness of God over these past 60 years, 60, 60 plus years? Can we testify? Can you think even right now about God's faithfulness to you over the past year? We prayed many people into jobs. We prayed people into homes. We prayed people back to life that we're on the edge of not making it. We have people here today that uh, were in hospital just a week ago with heart issues. Um, prayer impacts generations. Another interesting thing I've looked, when I look back over the history, so when I was uh, applying for this position, I looked at the history of the church, and one of the things I look for is how many church splits how many people have been accused of impropriety or how many embezzlements, how many, like there's lots of messy stuff that happens in churches all the time. And I scanned the history of MRAC and I couldn't find this. I'm not wishing it upon us. <laughs> I'm not superstitious in that regard. But I'm saying this church has been faithful. The people of this church have stayed the course. They've been on their knees. They've been seeking God. They've been doing what God is asking them to do. And God has protected them. Uh, I can't say the same for a lot of the other churches in the community. There's been a lot of division. There's been strife. There's been uh, firings of staff and all sorts of things that happen. This church, somehow God has had a, a hedge of protection from what I can see for, for decades. Why? I just say God's, God's been faithful to a people who have been faithful. God responds to faithfulness. When he sees his people seeking him, he, he shows up. 
He, he intervenes, he helps out, he protects, he guides, he empowers. Yes, some people get their feelings hurt and leave. There's going to be disagreements. Some people leave. Um, and some people get their membership taken away because they're misbehaving and misrepresenting us in the community. That's just normal for church. It just happens in every church I've been in. The same kinds of things that happen. People are people, and people are going to do what people are going to do. But still, um, God is faithful to all generations. And I think we need to often reflect back, God, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for bringing us here. I drive up every Sunday, every day of work, and I drive and see that this church sitting on the corner. And I go, wow, you, God, <laughs> you've been faithful. Look what you've been able to do through faithful people. It's a privilege to be here in this church. and It's a, it's a, it's a scary honor to be called lead pastor but I want people to know it's not because of the pastors that these things have happened. It's because of the faithfulness of the people who stood up, who stepped up, who sacrificed much. Verse 7 says, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all those around him. So one of our, our if you look in the wall just outside the sanctuary here on the nursery wall, it says our, our mission is to seek and to serve Christ. That's not going to change. And that's the whole week of prayer and fasting. We want to seek and serve Christ, to lift him up as both Lord and Savior, as sanctifier, as healer, and as soon-coming king. And everything we do, all of our ministries, our activities, point to him. He's the Lord. He's the Savior. He's the one that we've come to seek and to serve, to know, to love, to follow his commandments. We hold his name in high regard. He, he directs us. He empowers us. He guides us. He sustains us. He protects us. And our aim is to please him in wherever we go. You're not here to impress me or impress the elders. or impress us. You're here to honor Jesus and to do what he's asked of you, each person. Soren Kierkegaard, the theologian, said, you, you live life looking forward, but you understand life when you look backward. We're moving in this direction. We're moving ahead. We're going on 2023. It's wide open for God to do amazing things. But let's look to see what lessons we've learned so we cannot stumble as we walk forward. Verse 8 in Psalm 89 says, O Lord, God of hosts, who is mighty like you, O Lord? Your faithfulness surrounds you. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. And in your name they rejoice all day long in your righteousness. They are exalted, for you are the glory of their strength. I love that last line. You are the glory of their strength. We want to walk in the light of God's countenance. We want to not make a misstep. We don't want to go off the path somewhere else. We don't want to be distracted or diverted. We want to stay strongly walking ahead in what he's asked of us. And we can't go into 2023 without his guidance and his power. I think there's a lot of churches, they've got a lot of money, they've got nice facilities, they've got great staff, they've got a good reputation in the community, and they've got, a, they've got to a place where they don't actually need God anymore, because they have all the money to do their programs, they've got the staff to run everything, they've got great facilities. They don't even have to pray anymore, because they've got it all taken care of. I kind of prefer to be on the edge, <laughs> 
on the edge of, we don't know, God, if we're going to make it or not. We need you, God, to help us out. God, we're, we're dependent on you. We don't have it, all the answers, God. We don't have all the finances to do what we're going to do in the coming year. We need you to bring people, to, bring, to bless us, to guide us, to empower us. We need to be on the edge all the time of dependence on God. We, we can't be self-sufficient as a church. We can't have it all together. We need to still be a bit broken. We're not perfect. We got stuff to deal with because we're human beings. We're flawed. We, we fail, but we love one another. We walk with one another. We encourage one another. We pray for one another. I love to, to, I sneak in and I look into the gymnasium whenever the women's ministry is there sometimes and those tables of women praying and talking together and supporting and encouraging one another. Someone just had a baby uh, this last week, Manasseh and Sharon had their baby over Christmas time and you know, I, I, I texted our ministry, men, our women's ministry leader, says, is there something like food that we can send to this family? Is there? And they said, it's taken care of. We already have their life groups on that thing already. I'm going, well, why did I even doubt? <laughs> of course they would have taken care of it. Because that's what we do. We care for one another. We want to start this year on our knees before God, fashioning each one of us into the image of Christ, transforming each of us after the mind of Christ. We want to be directed and empowered by Christ. We don't want the results we can get as a good church. We want the results God can bring because he intervened. He stepped in. He brought people. He transformed lives. We want to see constantly things happening that we can't explain except that God stepped in and made a difference. God was here. God showed up. His power was manifest through his people. And lives are changed and transformed and redeemed. 2 Corinthians 5.17. I'll close with this verse. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, a new creation has come. The old is gone and and the new is here. And I was thinking as I pondered through the scriptures, how many people... We're given an opportunity for a new beginning in the Bible. Adam, of course. Never before was there an Adam. When Abraham became a father of a nation, Jacob was reconciled with his brother, became a new a father of 12 tribes of all of Israel. Joseph, sold into slavery, imprisoned by false accusation, became second command of Egypt. David, a shepherd, becomes a king. All the 11 disciples who left their professions became ambassadors for Christ. What about the others, Zacchaeus, the woman at the well, the blind, the left, the, the deaf, the lame, the crippled, those diseased by leprosy, those possessed by demons, those believing lies and deceptions, living in darkness, were shown the truth and the light of Christ, and they were given a new chance, a new life, a chance to start again. Do you need a new beginning today? Are you kind of tired of what's been going on? Do you need a new vision for what God wants to do in you and through you? Do you need the power of God to transform your thinking or your perspective or your worldview, your situation, your marriage, your relationships with your kids, your job, your mental state, your ability to forgive others? Do you need God to help you have a new beginning today so that 2023 won't be like 2022? So that now you can look and see Back in, a, in 12 months from now, the amazing things God was able to do in and through your life. Seek first his kingdom and what? His righteousness. 
And what? All these things will be given to you. Everything else you need will be provided if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So the pages of 2023 are completely blank, as I mentioned. What does God have in mind to write on your, on your 2023? What is he up to? And will you take the time on your knees before him on behalf of your family and yourself, your business, whatever it is, will you say, God, what is it you have for me? What path do you want me to walk down this year? What challenges do you want me to face that you will grow and challenge my own character and help me to become more like Christ in my attitude, in my, my behavior, in my, my speech? I, uh, I recently, uh, I have a group that I meet with uh, and work with, as a businessman's group, and I, I've been trying to get one of my friends to come to this group. I shouldn't probably, but I know he can't hear this message today, so it's okay. <laughs> and he just says, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. I said, well, I got people in your profession, actually, in my, my group that maybe be great. And so uh, later he, he just says, no, I don't have time. And so he says, by the way, who are the people in, your profession, in my profession you have in your group? And I named some names. He says, oh, I work with him. I'm his supplier. And so I went to this person in my group and I said, did you know that my friend is a, is a believer? He says, no, I had no idea he was a believer. And that bothered me. He had no idea that my friend was a Christian. Folks, can we change that? Can we become known that we follow Christ? Can we become known that if someone has a prayer need or their family's got a crisis, they can turn and talk to us? Can we be Christ's ambassador of hope and peace and power? The world needs truth. They need someone who will stand up for what's right. And they want, they want someone who has hope. I remember a person talking to my dad who was challenging him in some area, and this guy says, I don't have the faith, but based on your faith, I will say yes. I have faith that you have faith, and I will say yes. Can we be those kinds of people that God would take and use? He's looking for people sitting here in Maple Ridge and impacting this Ridge, this, this Ridge Meadows area. Can we be the people that draw others to Christ because of how we live, because of how we talk, because we're not trying to just get along. We're trying to make a difference. We want God to use us, everyone, every person, every kid, every teenager, every young adult, every married person and single and senior in his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything will be okay he'll take care of the rest but if we get our priorities right in 2023 we're going to see amazing things let me close in prayer thank you god for this day for the reminder of your faithfulness for the stewardship that we carry of other people's faithfulness we have a responsibility father for this facility that you have put here noticeably Every day, thousands of people drive by and they don't have a clue what happens in here. May they find out that every person that's in here is alive and well, that loves you and wants you, you to be known in this community. Let us draw people first to you and then bring them to church. Let this be a place of light and hope and freedom in 2023. Thank you, Father, for this day, for your people. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen.